Hello, and welcome to The X-Ray. I'm Fernando Espuelas. First, let me explain what we're doing here. There are a lot of great podcasts, and there's some really great political podcasts, but we're doing something different. We're taking a different road. We're taking a fresh look at our political system. Introducing The X-Ray, a new political podcast about political power. Who wants it, who wills it, and why? A penetrating analysis of the biggest issues facing American politics. Interviews with power players, conversations with politicos, experts, and national journalists. And a special segment called X-Ray Vision, a fun exploration of the real person behind the political title. I'm your host, Fernando Espuelas, and I hope you'll join me every week on The X-Ray. For more information, check out thexray.org, and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. The X-Ray is a project of Issue One. I'm Weston Womp, and this is Swamp Stories, presented by Issue One. Last month, a key bipartisan bill called the Electoral Count Reform and Presidential Transition Improvement Act was introduced by Senator Susan Collins of Maine, along with eight other Republican co-sponsors and seven Democratic co-sponsors. The intent was to update the antiquated Electoral Count Act of 1887. Before 2020, few Americans had probably heard of the Electoral Count Act. The piece of legislation that provides the framework governing the casting and counting of electoral votes, including Congress's role in the vital process. But the aftermath of the 2020 presidential election demonstrated that this law was rife with arcane language and ambiguities that could be exploited by bad actors willing to overturn the will of the people. Our ability as a nation to elect a president and peacefully transfer power, a hallmark of our democratic system, could be compromised without fixing these vulnerabilities before the 2024 election. The alternative could mean a constitutional crisis. Among other things, the bill ensures that only one single slate of electors can be submitted to Congress and confirms that slate must reflect the results of the presidential election in that state. It also affirms the role of the vice president on January 6th is strictly ministerial and raises the threshold for objections in Congress. On this special episode of Swamp Stories, I spoke with Trent Lott, former Republican Senate Majority Leader from Mississippi and a key advocate for this bill. We spoke about the bipartisan group of senators that helped drive the effort, the importance of public confidence in our system, and why the bill needs to pass this year. Well, Senator, thanks for joining us for this important conversation about a reform issue that has gotten bipartisan traction. And of course, as you know, in this day and age, bipartisan traction on any legislation says a lot, but particularly rare on a reform issue as important as reforming the Electoral Count Act. Just to open up here, can you speak to the importance of a bipartisan approach to updating this 19th century piece of legislation? Well, first of all, uh, Weston, it's good to talk to you about this. There's no question this has been a bipartisan effort, and a lot of credit goes to Senator Susan Collins and Senator Manchin and others. I talked to Senators uh, Cornyn and Coons uh, on both sides of the aisle. People realize this is something that needed to be done. Uh, it doesn't have to get into a really politically divisive uh, atmosphere. 
uh, they did their their work uh, in the bipartisan group. And now the Rules Committee has already had a hearing. But there's no question that uh, over the years, it's become obvious that this antiquated law needed to be tightened up. There's no question that the role of the vice president should be strictly ministerial. He can't overturn electoral college votes from a state. And then the states have got to have just one uh, slate of electors. They can't have a couple. And it's got to be signed off on by the governor. I thought they did the right thing by saying under ex extraordinary circumstances, they could go through a judicial process, which uh, from a state like mine in Mississippi, where we've had tornadoes and hurricanes, I mean, you could have an emergency where the electoral college couldn't be completed. So there's a process to deal with that. And then also over the years, and I sat in on the electoral account several times, uh, but in recent years, there's been one senator or one House member that would object, and then they'd have to go through all the electoral count. Uh, they've raised the percentage now to, I believe, uh, uh, one-fifth of the House and Senate would have to object to, to the electoral count before it could be reviewed. So, so they've good, done good work. It needed to be done. Uh, and I hope that uh, the leadership uh, on both sides of the aisle will find a way to move this legislation in September. Well, speak for a moment. I mean, the position of Senate Majority Leader, Minority Leader, these positions are so unique in the American tradition. Uh, many of uh, Senator McConnell, Leader McConnell's critics, I think were, were stunned going back months ago when he expressed openness to this reform. Having had that same job, having served with Leader McConnell, uh, speak to why you think yeah. Is he an institutionalist? Is that what you think is the attraction or the, the open-mindedness to this reform? Well, uh, first of all, I had the good fortune when I was majority leader and minority leader. The leader on the other side, the Democratic side of the aisle, was Tom Daschle. We talked all the time. We had a good relationship. I don't think that same relationship exists between McConnell and Schumer. However, uh, McConnell is right. There, there's some things you need to do for your country. Uh, and this is not a, a partisan issue. Everybody should agree that the Electoral College Act needs to, or Electoral Count Act needs to be reviewed and tightened up. It's, it's not partisan. But uh, McConnell came out for the bipartisan infrastructure bill, uh, and he has uh, shown some willingness to work on other issues. Uh, he is a minority leader. It's, it's easier when you're the majority leader. I was always forward-leaning. Uh, I always uh, played ball like I was an SEC quarterback. I threw the long ball every play. I wanted to score. I wanted to get things done. Uh, that's not the MO right now in Washington. Generally, it's okay. We can't do this. We can't do that. But the Electoral Count Act, uh, I think, has got a chance. And I think uh, Senator McConnell deserves credit and Senator Schumer, too, if he'll move it to the floor. Uh, you probably got some insight into who the drivers are, who those uh, senators are who may not be out front like Senator Collins. Who do you think is driving this thing and giving it oxygen um, that the general public may not realize is is willing and interested in this important reform? Well, actually, Senator Klobuchar, who is the Democratic chairman uh, of the Rules Committee, has been supportive. Uh, and one of the most uh, important supporters uh, is Senator Roy Blunt of Missouri, uh, who is the uh, senior Republican on the Rules Committee, which is the Committee of Jurisdiction. He's in the leadership on the Republican side. Uh, he was a whip in the House uh, for years. And so he's the kind of senator we really need. Unfortunately, he's retiring this year. But having him involved, and, and I spoke to him last night about how the hearing went, how did he feel about it? 
could they get a markup in the rules committee and get it to the floor of the Senate? And he talked very positive about it. So those are two important senators. Uh, uh, Senator Cornyn of Texas, even though he's not in the elected leadership, he was whipped. He knows how to get things done, and I'm sure he'll be supportive of this, too. Briefly, um, how would you describe the stakes here? I mean, this is an arcane piece of legislation. Uh, you know, most of the American public uh, probably doesn't know what it is, doesn't understand that it was critical to some of the theories around, uh, you know, what role Pre Vice President Pence could have played in 2020. But what do you think the stakes are if you don't reform the Electoral Count Act? Well, you know, it's not of the magnitude of the appropriations bills or the defense bill, the National Defense Act, uh, other pieces of legislation. But as a part of our democracy and our way of voting, it, it is important. And by the way, it's only two and a half years until we'll have another presidential election. So we need to get this cleared up. Uh, we saw uh, in this last time and, and the last couple of electoral count act uh, activities by the, the Congress, this needs to be done. It sh should be done now. Uh, and it, it should pass overwhelmingly. I think it will. Uh, the, the leadership has just got to be prepared to uh, put it on the uh, schedule and vote on. Last question. Is it realistic at a time of dwindling confidence in American institutions? Is this the type of thing the American people could see the U.S. Senate take a lead on that, that leads to as a snowballing type effect on our confidence that our leaders can come to the water's edge from time to time? Well, you know, there are a lot of uh, groups out there that have been supportive about this, including issue one. They really have done good work. Uh, this is not a bill that's going to, uh, you know, fix inflation or lower gasoline prices or, you know, protect uh, the, the shores of our country. But it's an important part of, of our system of government. How we elect our presidents uh, is not just by popular vote. It is by the electoral count. And that's the way it should be. It should stay. So I think it, in the, uh, the bigger picture, it's important. And I hope and I pray and I will be involved in trying to see that it gets done. Well, leader, thank you for your time. Honored uh, All right, time with us. And thanks for your efforts in support of this historic reform, uh, albeit yep. one many of us didn't know we needed a few years ago. That's right. Thank you for your time, Wilson. Good luck. Thanks for listening to Swamp Stories, presented by Issue One, the country's leading political reform organization that unites Republicans, Democrats, and independents to fix our broken political system. Please subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. Even better, rate and review it on iTunes to help us reach more listeners. You can find out more at swampstories.org. I'm your host, Weston Womp. A special thank you to executive producer Ethan Rome, senior producer Evan Ottenfield, producer Sidney Richards, and editor Parker Tant from parkerpodcasting.com. Swamp Stories was recorded in Tennessee, edited in Texas, and can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is part of the Democracy Group.